0: After talking about immigration keeping you waiting, well, I guess I've kept you waiting. Sorry about that. But the immigrant fiancé is back, and this time it's all about the times that you'll meet with USCIS here in the States. I'm Dan Gooding and this is Dean. I kind of got in a bit of a tizz about it all
1: thinking, oh my God, if I
0: forget a date or forget something. They're one of the voices you'll hear this time, walking us through the biometrics and interview stages on the way to getting your green card. We prepared
2: all of this paperwork that we felt we thought we needed, for like evidence of my status here, and photos, or relationship and he didn't need any of it except for our marriages.
0: I'll be sharing my awful biometrics experience and we'll celebrate some happy moments as green cards drop into mailboxes. Also, we're celebrating 1,000 downloads of this podcast. So thank you for coming on this journey with me. It means so much that people have found this useful, and I hope it continues to be, for those who have found love and want to fight for it as an immigrant fiancé. Okay, so as I said, this episode will mesh together two different stages on the way to getting the green card. To quickly recap, once you are married within 90 days, you need to file your adjustment of status paperwork, and then the waiting game begins. Listen back to episode three of this series to learn more about filling out the paperwork. The next stage usually is a biometrics appointment at your local USCIS office, and then after that will be your interview. And the wait between those can be a few weeks or several months. So let's take it step by step. Biometrics, request for evidence. And then the interview. So first, biometrics. It sounds very scientific, I think, but this stage essentially repeats something you had to do at the embassy before getting the K-1, having photos and fingerprints taken at a USCIS office. You'll get a letter with an appointment date, time and location, probably not too long after submitting all your paperwork. Ideally, this is a very quick, painless process. Here's Dean.
1: Yes, yeah, so biometrics happened really quickly after I applied in September for my adjustment and by October 18th I had biometrics and it was great, it's simple, it was close to the house actually. I just felt so excited, I felt oh my god the case is moving on and then you come to find out actually this has no bearing on when your interview is going to be so it's kind of great but I felt positive that something was happening.
0: But for me it really wasn't I had my biometrics appointment just over a month from submitting my Adjustment of Status paperwork. I'm in Brooklyn in New York, and luckily the office isn't too far away. It's in a half-abandoned mall, and first appearances weren't great, but I had heard mostly positive things about this stage, so I wasn't too worried. I should have been. Firstly, getting in was chaos. There was a bunch of people waiting outside, but not lining up, so I headed in, only for them to get angry at me for pushing ahead. The security man was very sweet about it, although. The lady at the front desk, not so fun. She was so rude to the little old lady in front of me, who couldn't speak English and had brought her son with her to help. But the receptionist yelled at him to leave, despite you being allowed to bring someone to interpret. Now I made sure I was extra nice to her when it was my turn to check in. The waiting area was made up of socially distanced seats, which we then had to move between every time someone was called forward. Makes total sense. Then it was my turn. I handed the officer my appointment letter and passport. He looks at me weirdly, looks back at the documents and says, you know your name is wrong. And shows me that my middle name on the letter is spelled Pella instead of Peter. Clearly my passport, and I'm sure my file on his computer say otherwise. Show me another form of ID, he demands. So I go to my wallet and pull out my driving license, before I can even hand it to him. Not that, something else. At this point, my heart is racing. He's already been pretty rude and blunt, knowing full well this is a stressful situation. What else did I have? My bank card? That also wasn't good enough obviously so he says give me that first one again and then tells me he needs to talk to his supervisor. Sitting in the corner of that cubicle all I could think was this was it. My application would be denied because someone spelt my middle name wrong. Then he comes back and says we can continue. He takes my photo all fine and then calls me up to stand by him and do my fingerprints. Now he grips my wrist and holds my fingers onto the pad and then tells me I need to relax my hand. He tells me this repeatedly even though I have no idea how much more relaxed I could be with a stranger gripping my wrist or how this has any bearing on my fingerprints. I genuinely nearly cried and the whole time he didn't seem impressed with me at all. We managed to get some sort of prints done. He aggressively stamped the form and said we were done. Just like that. No thank you. No good luck. Get out, basically. It turns out whoever processed my initial application inputted my middle name wrong. It was all over my file as P-E-L-E-R. Partly down to the font that was on the form when we printed it out, but still, I think Peter is pretty obvious over Pella. So I had to submit a service request, which sat unanswered for three months, and then submit another. Eventually, in April, the file was updated. Thankfully, no one else has reported such a horrendous time to me. His dean. The lady there kind of said, Oh, your husband's military, you know, your case will be done
1: a lot quicker. And I was like, Oh my God, because all the way through this, we knew in some circumstances military can get expedited cases, but that's only if you are probably being deployed and Justin wasn't being deployed, he was just being moved back to back to the US. So I kind of took it with a pinch of salt, but you always have that excitement in the back of your mind. So yeah, it was a good experience, really, really quick. Um, And then it was coming back home and then it's just
0: silence again. And everyone else who has shared their story with me has reported a smooth experience. And I hope it's the same for you and it's quickly on to the next stage. Ten days after that, I got the request for evidence
1: just for the birth certificate. And we sent that off and then it was silence. So... Then I was panicking, thinking if the request for evidence isn't correct, they kind of just cancel the case, don't they? And you get one opportunity and that's it. So i sat there thinking, oh, my God, like, we're we going to have to go through all this
0: again. So the next thing that may or may not happen with your case is a request for evidence or RFE. This is when USCIS can ask you for something specific to your case, which might be missing or they just need to see again. For many people from the K1 group in the past year, it's been a request for a birth certificate again, despite it being in the application pack. For us, it was our marriage certificate after six months of inaction. Kirsty received one for her AOS application alongside her daughter's.
3: Well, apparently my adjustment status package is fine. It's just the I-864 part of that. Apparently there was something wrong filled out in the form. They didn't tell me what was wrong on the form. Um, so they're not very specific. They just send out a generic letter. So I've spoken to numerous people and we have put our letters together and they say that wording is exactly the same. Your name is just different at the top.
0: She said it didn't fully make sense to ask for this.
3: I can only think that obviously since October when I applied, there's, like I said, there's been a new form out. There's been a new tax year and they're asking for the most recent tax year in my letter. Obviously, 2020 is not most recent now. It was when I sent it. Because I only looked at it two weeks ago, obviously... As a new tax year and they said the form wasn't the right edition. Obviously, it wouldn't be because you bought a new form. So obviously mine expired. It
0: is important to really read the letter and send what is required by USCIS.
3: I think I calculated the household size wrong because apparently where it says the married part, you're supposed to put zero or leave blank. I put one in there because obviously when it says that you married, my husband obviously is to me. So obviously I got counted twice. So it looked like he was married twice. So obviously that was a thing wrong. But Obviously, they see these things and know that anyway. But so obviously I'm going to leave that blank. But I have been speaking to Stacey Rogers, you know, part of the Family Immigration Service, and she's going to check my stuff.
0: You can hear from Stacey back in series one. And RFEs do feel pretty random with no clear pattern, as Kirsty explains.
3: It's not just one state they're doing it to. It's like all over they're giving out these FREs. You know, if it's the birth certificates or the affidavit of support or simple little things. I mean, I know someone who had to prove their husband with a u.s citizen even though she sent in everything for them
0: now there are options to submit evidence through your online account or by mail by the way and if you regularly check your profile the chances are you will see the request before the letter even arrives in the mail after this like i said earlier it's more waiting you could hear pretty soon about an interview date or if you're like me be left waiting longer <laughs> But eventually the interview will happen, at least for most people it will. Sometimes they might feel extra generous and simply approve your request, but I wouldn't count on that. From what I have seen, most people have to go for an interview, either on their own as the petitioner or as a couple. The interview will likely be at your local field office, which isn't necessarily the same as where you went for biometrics, and you are allowed to take a lawyer or attorney with you if they have been helping you with your case. You can listen back to the episode with Charles Cook if you want to hear more from an immigration lawyer.
3: And I can probably count on three or four hands how many times I've had to intervene with an officer, call a supervisor. You know, we're not, we're done here. Most times, I'm just. And the thing is, the officers know that. So you know, Cook's in the room, and this is true for a lot of lawyers, right? You go there enough, you know, if he's here, I'm, I'm, I better dot all my eyes and cross all my t's, otherwise. My is going to get called.
0: You'll need to take your original application along with original documents like your passport, birth and marriage certificates and any supporting evidence of your relationship now, such as bills or lease agreements. Now, earlier this year, both Charlie and Dean had their green card interviews. All in all, it was a positive
1: experience. Um, I can't complain about anything. Um, and I did the usual thing that I think a lot of people do. But prior to that, I was kind of Googling <laughs> I just status to say this interview, San Jose Field Office, and reading reviews and watching YouTube videos, getting myself in a bit of a pickle and a panic about it. So I stopped all that and just thought, you know what, do what I've done, th- you know, throughout and just follow the instructions, go with what
0: I've got. And it's worked so far. And how did they actually get on? Here's Charlie.
1: The
2: actual office itself was like really hard to find. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be different in... Various states, but I found the location of album was really it was really kind of strange. Like, um, it was pretty small when we got there, and they had to go through like airport style security again, like kind of like the interview at the embassy. It was actually very smooth. Like, we just had to check in with a, with a guy. It took like a couple minutes, and then he told us to go and wait because like, we were we arrived about an hour early, I think. We didn't expect to get let in that early, but they let us in pretty immediately. And then to the actual interview itself, we got let in probably like 15, 20 minutes early. The guy was very friendly. He asked me initially about, he just asked us for ID and we had to like take that oath and stuff. And he asked me a few like questions for reference about like my application. Like he would ask simple things like my name, my parents' names and where I'm living now. So it was like very simple, straightforward questions then you know like the questions like the yes and no questions that they ask you like basically like are oh, you a terrorist and all those kind of things yeah <laughs> that, that, that that was, was the thing. one
0: that absolutely like threw me in filling out yeah. the paperwork it's like in world war ii were you in... yeah. clearly not <laughs> yeah don't know how i would have been able to do that
2: but yeah so yeah just a lot of no 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 like a lot of no's and then uh, after that he was just like okay i no, when i have a just a conversation about your relationship together and, he just asked some very simple questions about like how we met, how was our wedding, how many people came to the wedding. It was like four or five questions and then, and then that was it and then we were approved.
0: And that seems like the pattern for many people, a very easy experience with the field officer. Here's Dean again. She sat us down, asked
1: our names and then we took the oath and then she just kind of typed away on a computer the whole time. Very rarely looked at us or... You know, she was very pleasant, smiling. She did make small talk, asked our names, date of birth. And then she asked for, what did she ask for first? She asked for where we'd met, said in England online, that Justin was in the military there. And she went, okay, that was that. And then in the meantime, she just asked for the last three months' pay stubs. She asked for some more, a W-2 from 2021. There's like up-to-date evidence for the tax things, the affidavit of support, because I think we'd applied obviously the year before. So she just wanted some up-to-date things. And like in between asking for various pieces of paperwork, she'd say things like, just just made small talk really. But then thinking back, she was, you know, fishing a little bit. But nothing, nothing that you can't answer. It's all pleasant and... Nobody's got anything to
0: hide. And Charlie told me he ended up preparing far more than was needed in the end.
2: We prepared all of this paperwork that we felt we thought we needed for like evidence of my status here and all all kinds of bills that I was on and things and evidence and photos of our relationship. And he didn't need any of it except for our marriage certificate, I think.
0: But for Dean and Justin, their officer did want to see a little more. She then asked for to have a
1: look at our photo album, and she had a quick scoop through, and then she said she passed it to me and then she said, can you choose 10 pictures and then hand them to Justin? And I want him to write on the back who's in it and what they're doing. So thought that's just her way of making sure we're on the same page. So that was fine. So we did that. And then she just asked for, have we bought any extra information to prove that we live together? So we had like the lease and health insurance, car insurance, and that was it. And, She just made small talk again about things she talked about the dog or something. And then she said, OK, handed us the form and said, I'll make a decision.
0: Well, in the description, I've popped some links to, to advice on the interview and what sort of questions you could expect to get. So, it does seem to vary depending on who you see, and my advice would be to prepare as much as you possibly can with evidence of your marriage, photos, etc., just in case. And you may well be asked to bring specific things in your interview letter. And often, couples are either being told there and then or a few days later that they're approved. Charlie's green card turned up a couple of days after his interview, far earlier than he expected. Because I wasn't
2: prepared for it now. I feel like I need to get my driver's license now, I need to get my social security as soon as possible, but I am very glad also that I can actually now start moving on with my life in America. And not feeling completely useless yeah
0: <laughs> and hopefully that is the case for you an earlier than expected approval once you do have your green card that means you're a permanent resident of the USA the card is technically temporary and will last two years until another interview with USCIS we'll talk more about what comes next next time so now we're at the end of the process sort of once the green card has arrived you can work and travel and count as a permanent resident of the USA finally finally of course, it's not over. Next time, we catch up again with those who've shared their stories with us and talk about what comes afterwards. As ever, you can give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Immigrant Fiance and make sure to check out those links in the description for more advice. Thank you for listening as always, and I'll speak to you again soon.